This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following the podcast, uh, and of course, our YouTube feed, our page here, where Tucker Bagley and I put up our video podcast. Uh, appreciate everyone watching as well, and, and the comments. You know, we, we appreciate that. Glad everyone's uh, having a discussion on what we're talking about in the comments section. I do, I do get a chance to read those, so appreciate it, and uh, glad you're enjoying the episodes here. And today, it's there's no other way to discuss this. I mean, it's, it's Trey Turner. Uh, you know, Trey Turner last night, played one of the worst games he's played all year, which is saying something because he's been one of probably the 10 worst regulars in baseball this season. And he said it himself after the game, he lost the game for the Phillies. And he's not the only person that had a hand in that. The bullpen was very good last night. Campbell's tipping pitches. Um, and they couldn't hold it. And they lose 9-8, a 5-0 lead. And then they you know, they blow that. And they come back, take the lead on the Marsh home run, blow that, and blow the bone, you know, RBI to put them ahead. And they lose 9-8. But – Trey Turner's struggles this year reached a, a, a DEFCON level to where it's starting to remind me, and I think I've brought this name up before, but it's really starting to remind me of the, of the Jason Hayward situation with the Chicago Cubs in 2016. Now, it's not a perfect parallel because Hayward still played really good defense, and that's, I think, part of the reason they let him play so much. Trey Turner's not playing good defense. He's actually playing a poor shortstop. But the, the overall premise was this guy that was considered in the moment, and we might go back and look at, at Hayward numbers now and say, I don't know about that, but in the moment, a star player, a team trying to win the World Series, on the precipice of winning the World Series, the Cubs had made the NLCS, I believe it was NLCS for first round, uh, the year before in 2015. Um, and then they won a first round series, but they, they were in the playoffs the year before 2015, they lost the Mets in the NLCS. So they were on the precipice, the Cubs, of going to the World Series, you know, breaking out a drought for over 100 years, and their big piece they added to a lineup that was already good and obviously had put them close to a World Series year before was Jason Hayward. And they batted him second. He was their two-hitter, their on-base guy, their speed guy, their defense guy, and he stunk. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. It wasn't for – he was a pro. He just – he stunk. He just was a terrible baseball player, really for the Cubs for the most part of his whole contract. But certainly that year in 2016, he was bad. To the point where as the year went on, especially as they got deep in August, September, you go back and look at some of those box scores. They don't play them every day. They stop playing them every single day in those important games. And I think we've reached that point with Trey Turner where he has to become, for now, until we see something to give some sort of life here, a part-time player for the Phillies. They have more than enough cover now in the infield with the acquisition of Castro, who came in late last night, and of course, Edmundo Sosa. You know, against you, you could find spots for those guys that is advantageous to get the most out of them. We know Castro's OPS against lefties is over 900. Trey Turner's OPS this year, I mean, we are trending towards, you know, if you go search on MLB.com, 
on the MLB app and you search OPS and you know you, you hit the button and it says Otani and it says uh, Acuna and I'm trying to think of the top five are probably Freeman and Betts and Soto. I guess probably some combination. Those guys are the top five. Olsen as well, right? You got to keep scrolling, keep scrolling. And, and you almost forget how long you're scrolling. And I think there's like 144 qualified hitters, guys that have enough at-bats to qualify. And that last grouping there is where you find Trey Turner. He, he ranks somewhere in the 130s of 144. That's how bad he's been. Last night in 0 for 5, he is now down to a 661 OPS. He's hitting 237. And if that's not if that's not bad enough, his defense at shortstop has been atrocious. For every cool slide he does once every three weeks, like he had in Pittsburgh last week, where he does like a cool slide and a dive and he throws the ball, he can't get to baseballs he should. And last time he had two, not just bad plays, bonehead plays. One earlier in the in the late part of the game where he just conceded a run, where there was a double play ball, and it would have been a difficult double play. I, I, I acknowledge that. It would have been a difficult double play. But he could have tried the double play. He clearly had the out at second base if he just looked up. And if he got that out, even if, you know, because he had to throw a little bit behind him to second, if they don't have enough time to get the guy at first, you're getting, the I believe it would have been the potential go-ahead run. He, he Basically, by going to first base with the bases loaded, he allowed a run to score instead of trying to get the guy at home. Okay, that was one decision. But so he conceded it run. And then the second part was try for the double play. Maybe you get it inning over. If you don't get it, okay, at least you're cutting off the Marlins from getting the go-ahead run and just letting them have it in score position. It was double dumb. He, he allowed the run at home to just score, and he didn't attempt a double play. So there was that, and then there's the play to basically lose the game later where he can't keep the ball in front of him in the infield in extra innings. It, it's atrocious right now, and we're at the point – we're well past the point of he's going to figure this out. We're well past the point of just let him play. You know, the Phillies have already opened Pandora's box by dropping him to seven in the order. You know, they gave him enough rope for four months where they said, man, we, we can't do this. You know, you're, you're hurting the team. He's still hurting the team, and it feels like now – this is so far in his head and so mental that I don't know how he gets out of it. I, I think he's doubting that he, he's even a good baseball player, which, of course, right now he's not a good baseball player. And the Phillies have a major problem on their hands because it's an 11-year contract. It, it could go down as one of the worst contracts in the history of Philadelphia sports. That That's how bad he's been. The trend line is obvious, four years in a row going down. And what he is today, and it's why the Phillies have to strongly consider – not playing him as an everyday player for the, you know, moving forward. And if he has a week where he plays three or four times and he gets six or seven hits, great. Let's start integrating him back into the lineup on a more consistent basis. But until we see that, it's just hurting the team. It's hurting him. And they have to recognize what he is today. He is the least valuable baseball player on the planet. And I mean that. That's what Trey Turner is. For the money he makes, for the impact he was supposed to have, just look at this Phillies team. So right now, they come into play today with a record of 50, I think it's 59 and 58 and 50, 58 and 50, eight games over 500. Trey Turner, I, I think conservatively, conservatively, people would have said he's a four to five win upgrade over what the Phillies had last year just by adding him to the team. Four to five wins. And I, if it, maybe if he's having one of his best years, he's a six or seven win upgrade for this team. That was the anticipation when they signed this guy, as it should have been 
based on how much money he makes, the career he's had, some of his best seasons. He's been a six-win player. Like that's the anticipation for what he could be. Yeah, I think he was twelve to one to win the NL MVP before the season started. Now you couldn't get twelve million to one odds on Trey Turner to win the MVP. And if you bet it, you'd be wasting your dollar. I mean, it's just that's how bad he's been. But the Phillies are fifty-eight and fifty. We talk a lot, and we've had a lot of experience in Philadelphia over the years of, of truly valuable players that elevate their team to a, a significant level based on their play alone. I mean, we could go through some of the names in, in, in sports. Jalen Hurts last year with the Philadelphia Eagles was an MVP caliber player. He lifted, by his play, lifted an already really good roster to special heights, only lost one game when he was in there in the regular season. Bryce Harper, a couple of years ago, had an MVP caliber season. Uh, the team didn't do great, but he had an MVP caliber season. We saw in the playoffs last year, he elevated the team in the NLCS. Go back to Ryan Howard's MVP year, Jimmy Rollins' MVP year. We've seen MVPs perform in what most valuable players, how they lift the team. We're seeing an LVP, a least valuable player. If Trey Turner was just the player he was supposed to be, a, a decent approximation of the player he was supposed to be, this team – probably has two or three more wins without without question. And they also are easily going to the playoffs. And that's even with the loss of Reese Hoskins. They are easily going to the playoffs. And right now, and I've been saying this for months, this is no lock. They give away too many games. They play way too many one-run games. They, they just It's like a tightrope walk to get every single win. They remind me of the 2018, 2019, 2020 Phillies, 2021 Phillies, just without – just with bigger names. I mean, that, and we're not yelling about the manager as much. Like that's that's what they remind me of because they're just Jekyll and Hyde. They look good. They they look like they're a playoff team, and they go back. But this Trey Turner thing is killing them. It is time to stop playing him every day. It's time to stop worrying about his feelings. And what's the worst that happens? They get something out of Castro. They get something out of Sosa. They reintegrate Trey Turner. I mean, the, he needs a hard reset after this year anyway. So if he's hurt, frustrated, annoyed. I, I can't imagine his buddy Bryce Harper could put up that much resistance to the general manager or the owner or the manager. Dude, your guy's hitting 237 and is the least valuable player in the game right now. I mean, just for the for the money they're paying him and for the expected impact, my goodness gracious, it's it's bad. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I know fire alarms have been going off uh, over at, at Tucker's place the last couple of days. I, I think the fire alarm sucker might be because of Trey Turner. The, the alarms are sounding on the Philly season. The alarms are sounding on Trey Turner's impact here. And I don't know how they justify playing him every day anymore because he's he's bad. I mean, he's been hot garbage, right? And and it's one thing if you're, you're scuffling at the plate. And the Phillies have had a, guy, a lot of guys like that. I mean, just think back to last year. And I, I've said for a while now, the one guy Trey Turner should go up to and, and thank every day is Nick Castellanos. Because I think most of the city and a lot of the media has just given Trey Turner a pass. Like, oh, it happens, right? Like, Castellanos did it last year, so it, it's okay. He'll come back next year. I saw someone last night say he'll probably be a star again next year. Based on what? I mean, the guy looks lost. I, I feel bad for Trey Turner. I really do. Like, watching him last night take questions in the locker room after the game, 
he he owned it, right? He said we lost that game because of me. I, I didn't show up. That's fine, but I mean, my goodness, do something different, right? Like like try and figure it out, do something because right now, not only is he just scuffling at the plate and and str- like he's costing them wins, he's costing them vital wins in, in a wild card race that right now, like five teams are separated by a game and a half, and, and you can't have a guy, no matter what his salary is out there costing you wins by just not making routine plays. And you, you just look at what he's been able to do this season. It's been nothing. I mean, there was like a week and a half stretch where he, he you know, said Kevin Long figured something out and he changed his load and all of a sudden he was good to go. And then they moved him back to the two hole and it all went downhill after that. But I mean, he just doesn't make a positive impact anywhere on the field. And he hasn't really since like the first or second week of April. Remember the start of the season with like an 11 game hitting streak that that was kind of it. And I just, I, I don't know what the future holds. Like we can talk about this season and should he be Ben? Should he be a part-time player? Maybe the dude's here for another decade. Like you thought Ryan Howard's contract felt like an eternity watching him limp out to first base every year. That was like a third of how long this is, right? Like he was here through 2016. Trey Turner's here for another decade. He has 10 years to go. After this year, I think if you ask most people, I mean, I honestly contemplated last night, does Dave Dombrowski, does John Middleton, like, do they just have the financial wherewithal to eat it? Like, I I almost want to just tell Trey Turner to go away. Like, you know, DFA him, see if he goes to AAA, see if someone's stupid enough to claim him. Look at what the Mets did. I mean, they gave up $100 million to get rid of Verlander and Scherzer now. I don't think those were two of the guys that were costing them wins. They have a lot of other issues on that team. But, I mean, my goodness, like, you weren't winning baseball games to Trey Turner right now, period. Like, I I just, I don't see what he's doing. And come October, if this team makes it, which I thought a week ago felt like a foregone conclusion, now not so much after the way they've looked against Pittsburgh and Miami. I I just, I don't know what he's offering you. Because if he's not getting on base, he's not using his speed. His speed has been zero help defensively because he's not making routine or dynamic plays. And at the plate, he's an automatic out every time. Like, like pitchers are going to be working around the lineup to face him. I mean, he's out there right now making $300 million. You know, his OPS as a Philly is lower than Didi Gregorius's. Like, like, that's where we're at at this point. Like, this guy is hitting like Didi Gregorius, like Freddie Galvis, like that decade we went without a real shortstop. He's just adding on to that. Yeah, and they can't hide him. I mean, seven is better than two, obviously, but he he kept coming up. I and, mean, you know, Sots gets gets a hit, and and they get a real rally going. There's guys on base. He's he's going to come up. I mean, seven is not that far down the order, just when we have a good middle that could uh, do some damage. As far as the future, I don't know. I mean, this could end up a Bobby Bonilla situation where they buy him out, and we're joking about Trey Turner Day. 10, 15, 20, 20, 30 years from now, like, oh, yeah, the Phillies owe him 10 million bucks today because remember they bought out that contract and they owe him, you know, X amount per year for the rest of his life. That could happen. And the other thing that struck me this week, and I remember the discussion we had on, on the old evening show, the night they signed the contract or the week they signed the contract, 11 years for a 30-year-old middle infielder is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It will end badly. Now we're bad in year one. But the track record of shortstops and middle infielders, they they – it's not quite catcher, but they do, they just fall off. And it struck me yesterday, and there's been a lot of examples Chuck Knobloch, uh, Roberto Alomar. You know, we go through them, guys at 33, 34, it kind of ended. And Gene Segura, everyone wants to bring back now, and I don't think Gene's really got anything left. And I don't know how he fits this team with Castro and Sosa, but that's besides the point. 
Uh, it struck me just looking at Gene Segura yesterday when the Marlins made their moves and they and they and they moved on from Segura and he got released by Cleveland. And the clamor to bring Segura back, and I was I just looking at Segura and, and and I think Turner and clearly was a better player at his best than Segura was, but just the trend line of a player that was a shortstop had to move off shortstop at around 30 years old, which Trey Turner may have to, uh, and and went to second base and, and and gave the Phillies some decent years and some good contact at the plate. We look at Gene Segura now, and it's like, yeah, he's washed, he's cooked. I think Segura is 33 or 34 years old. That's not that far from where Trey Turner is. That position, those positions, those kind of speed contact positions, you lose a little bit there. Carl Crawford was an outfielder, a little different, but also built on speed like Trey Turner. You lose it, it goes fast. The Carl Crawford contract with the Red Sox was a disaster. I think they had they traded him in two years and, and ate some of it. I think he was part of that deal with the, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers in like 2013, two years after signing it. So that that the future is Tucker brought up very very murky as far as the present this team has a playoff berth to try to secure and and right now Trey Turner's hurting them in their ability to secure it he shouldn't play every day he's a part-time player now he plays like one he's got to be treated one, like one appreciate everyone listening watching and of course all your comments and um your thoughts on all this with Trey Turner it's, it's really it's amazing how far we've gotten so fast appreciate everyone listening back tomorrow you guys have a great day thanks again for listening to WIP Daily